time ago, an American airplane dropped one bomb on Hiroshima. Ich bin ein Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this. Welcome back to the Cold War, episode 224. Danny DeVito, yes. how are you feeling? Are you excited about this? What we're getting uh, into today? Are you pumped? Are you hard? Well, one, always, but that's because of modern medicine. Um, we avoided nuclear war, so yes, I'm very happy to be here today. So, But I did want to ask you before we jump into this, Speaking of yes. which, sorry, yeah. we should have said this oh, in the please. last episode. It please. was Stanislav Petrov Day uh, a couple of days ago. I actually talked about it on the QAV show oh. that we did on Monday. Ooh. Remember, every year I try and celebrate Stanislav Petrov Day. Right. Stanislav Petrov. Is that the guy who didn't he was, overreact? Uh, he stayed calm? Yeah. Okay. Didn't push a button. Nuclear, nuclear military button pusher for nuclear weapons in 1963. Um, they 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 got a a message right. saying that America had launched nuclear missiles against Moscow. Mm-hmm. He was told to fire nuclear missiles against the United States. He said, "Yeah, I think I think the system's yeah, yeah. Uh, making Check a mistake. A I think it's dodgy." Yeah, yeah. They said, "You fucking do what you're told." Yeah. And he said, "No, I don't think yeah. so, son. Not on not Yet. on me." Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Save the world. We narrowly avoided. Yeah, he died in 2017, and I think we need to remember him yeah. every year because it was his uh, his bravery and his independent thinking to go. I'm not following orders. Yeah. I think those are bad orders, yeah. sir. And uh, good for him. yeah, he got. To, well, it wasn't good for him. Yeah. He got demoted yeah. and good punished. But he avoided nuclear war. Yes. So. so thank you. So everybody, name your we, next child after him. Stanislav. Yeah, I, I certainly have. And my penis, I call little little, little Stan. Okay, yeah. Instead yeah. of Kazakhstan, it's Cam Stan. Anyway, we don't need to, to to go into that. But let me ask you before we jump into this. So, with hindsight, a lot of people give Truman credit for having the political courage, if you will, for sacking uh, MacArthur. Now, on paper. MacArthur, uh, excuse me, on paper, Truman could have done it at any time he wanted because he's the guy in charge. But as as we see here and as we see in politics today, it, it never goes away. It really comes down to personalities. It comes down to ego. It comes, some people have big personalities who can just run roughshod over people who are their superiors. And I guess... Why are you looking no, at me when you say that? <laughs> I'm looking down... Uh, no, I can't see your penis. Uh, anyway, no, but does Truman deserve the oh, whatever the credit for finally working up the courage of sacking MacArthur before he could launch World War III when he could have should have been able to fire him at any point for this? But again, MacArthur was a legend and a hero, and I get it. But I just wonder on your on your thoughts as far as how much credit should Truman be giving for having courage, political courage. Well, I think he had to. I mean, it was, you know, uh, damaging uh, his reputation, having his supreme commander of the war uh, arguing about, arguing in public about how badly Truman was conducting the war was going to damage him politically. There's presidential election coming up in 1952. He had to. It was it was all political. I yeah. think. I mean, uh, obviously they fundamentally disagreed on this, 
Um, but uh, yeah, he had to get rid of him to save his own political neck, and the Democrats too. It was uh, reaching that sort of stage. I mean, his options were either give in to what MacArthur right. want, then you've got the Supreme Commander dictating policy, right. or sack him. Yeah. They were. It was a binary situation. You right. finally did it. I mentioned last time uh, that we need to, you know, remember uh, the sort of the context of all mm. of this in terms of America's uh, sense of national pride mm. in 1951 and how it was getting punished by their defeat in uh, Korea, um, even even after they sort of recovered from the initial pushback, they're still you know, considering a compromise and, and the idea of compromising with these barbarians yeah. and Timpok dictators to... The American public in 1951 was uh, intolerable. You shouldn't have to. Intolerable? Intolerable. 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 And intolerable. Yeah. Non-tolerable. All, 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 the, t- all the tolerables. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> But the other thing I think it's important to understand uh, when we're talking about MacArthur's idea to you know, drop 26 nuclear weapons mm-hmm. uh, on the border of North Korea and China was that Americans, generally speaking, didn't really understand nuclear weapons very well in 1951, too, mostly because the details of what happened at Hiroshima and Nagasaki had been hidden from them deliberately. Yes, yes. Yeah, covered up, as we talked about in our uh, atomic bomb episodes. Mm -hmm. All of the footage that was taken was grabbed and censored. The, The journalists who had gone over there and reported on it, particularly from other countries like Australia... Um, were hushed up and 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 uh, punished and 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 you know um, reputations were, that were attacked. Oh, yes. um, it was all it was all called fake news, etc. Uh, etc. Et just a big bomb. So just a really big bomb. That's all we know. Yeah, it's just a big yeah. bomb. It's fine. Yeah. Use it. And that, all the skin skin falling off people. That's something else. That's started. That's, that's probably you know Asian. Right. It's an Asian yeah. thing. Too much yeah, rice. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're eating bats from their markets, the wet markets, and you know, their skin's falling. <laughs> if you do it, nothing to do. Just if you do that long enough, you eat enough coincidental. bats. Coincidental. You'll create a disease. Yeah, your skin that, falls that's off. That's science. Yeah. For, for many Americans and for a lot of the troops, the American troops in Korea, yeah. they wanted the use of nuclear yeah. weapons. That's the and point. It. That's why we spent billion dollars on nuclear weapons yes. is so we could use them, so we should use right. them. And that was the view of MacArthur. That was the view, I think, of a lot of Americans then. Um, Flight Lieutenant John Nichols was a young RAF pilot, Mm. served in Korea with a US squadron, Sabre Squadron. He said he was struck by the difference in attitude between that of his American comrades and that of Europeans towards the atomic bomb. Quote from him, Americans seemed to take the view that it was a weapon which was there to be used if necessary, yet we had been brought up with the view that it was there not to be used. Uh, So success is defined by not using a weapon. Yeah, it was a it was a threat right. but was not to be used, Jeez. right? Yeah. Some soldiers according oh, to sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say yeah, so that was an RAF RAF pilot. Some soldiers wanted to and this was talked about uh during world at the end of World War II with uh, uh Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Some some people wanted some soldiers said just find a place that's desolate, drop the bomb show to the Chinese and go, look, if you don't back the fuck up, this is what we're going to do to you. So again, yes, dropping a bomb, but you're not intentionally dropping it on an urban center. So 
that's a compromise of kinds, but you're still dropping the bomb and you're, ma- you're coming that much closer to making it an acceptable form of war. Mm. I think the Chinese probably had a good idea of what happened in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, they might have had some better intel than the average American did, mm-hmm. but Americans, you know, probably still by and large didn't really understand what had happened. Yeah. According to Max Hastings in his book, um, many Korean vets still believe they should have used the bomb 35 years later. Mm. Colonel Paul Freeman said, we should have knocked the Chinese out whatever it took. My senior officers were certainly in favour of using atomic weapons, but some of the European nations were scared we were going to start something. Yeah. So that was the other point too. Not only... You know, it's gonna. There's gonna be um, nuclear waste go up into the atmosphere right. and spread around the globe. Okay. Uh, it, it could start a nuclear war because at this stage, uh, the Russians yeah. had their own nuclear weapons. And, and see, this for me begins the thing for of Americans, and this is so. Oh my god! I mean, there are a series on TikToks of people in Europe talking about Americans coming over to visit and just absolutely showing their ignorance about something other than what goes on in America. But this is for me, this is the beginning of Americans. You know what? Europeans are a bunch of pussies. Let us use the bombs. Let, you know, let's, let's just end this. But like you said, you drop the bombs and maybe a, a wind comes along and it blows radioactive waste or whatever that remains over Japan. That's horrible to think about. But now there's a, you know, a whole bunch of American troops there. They're going to, you know, they're going to suffer from well. And so, again, it's just horrible. But, again, for a lot of Americans, this is a weapon. Don't let our American boys die and don't let us be humiliated. Just drop as, as many bombs as you need to until Peking surrenders. Mm. Jesus. So there seems to have been a, a fairly popular view yes. with the Americans. Yeah. Um most of the senior military staff, though, seem to have been pretty convinced that MacArthur had to go. Mm-hmm. Even Ridgeway, who uh, got pretty tired pretty quickly uh, with MacArthur, yes. having to deal with MacArthur's ego, yes. you know, when when Operation Ripper had been successful, something that Ridgeway had come up with himself, right. MacArthur flew into Korea from Tokyo and announced to the press that it was entirely his conception. Brilliant. And a decision yes. to put together Operation Ripper. It took all the credit, all the glory. Ridgeway's a professional. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not He's not going to say anything, right. but, you know, not getting credit for turning the war around and all In this kind of months. stuff. That's going to. Yes. Yeah, that was yeah. amazing. I'm trying to. And also, you got to go. What What does that say about MacArthur that he couldn't take credit for that kind of stuff? Sorry, he couldn't give credit. He had to take credit for that kind of stuff. He could say, "Listen, I want to bring up Maddie. Maddie, all his great great work, Maddie. Great, great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Round of applause for Maddie. Yeah, beers on me." He couldn't do that. It was beyond because he was an egomaniac. Now, is that is that just simple uh, egomaniac? Is it is it is he getting older? Is there dementia? Who, Who in the fuck knows? But he is getting up there in years. I was trying to remember all the different operations that Ridgway had. There was like, was it Operation Murder or Killer or Rough Anal? I'm trying to remember, but he had these intense names. It's like, this is what we're going to do. Goatsy. Operation <laughs> Goatsy. We're going to go up, right, go right up their asshole and pull it out. <laughs> going to prolapse Korea's anus. And I'm done. Okay, go ahead. Ridgway later wrote that he had deep regret for the the manner in which uh, MacArthur's sacking happened. But 
he also said that he thought MacArthur was deeply mistaken about wanting to take the war to China. He wrote, It entailed the very considerable risk of igniting World War III and consequent overrunning of Western Europe with the loss of our oldest and staunchest allies sure to follow. Mm. It was an ambitious and dangerous program that would demand a major national effort. It's clear that the nation's top civilian and military leaders, using a wider-angle lens with deeper sources of information on the atomic situation in the Soviet Union, and with more comprehensive estimates of the possible consequences of general war in Europe, had a much clearer view of the realities and responsibilities of the day. Which is why the civilians should be in charge of the military in the first place, because they have the CIA, they have spies, they have more information. I know more than you. Listen to me. Hmm. MacArthur got the message at 3 p.m. Tokyo time on the 11th of April, minutes after the news had already gone to press. There were already reporters at his gates. That had to hurt. That had to freaking hurt. And he, and he did not hide his pain. He did not hide, hide his uh, grief, his humiliation. And he goes, I've been publicly humiliated after 52 years in the Army. Yes, fine, that's commendable, but you were still trying to start World War III. You were still trying to expand this war. You were still trying to fight, start a war with, I think, the most populous nation on the planet. Not exactly the best way to go. Yeah. But he seems to have been, uh, you know, obviously very popular back home Mm -hmm. with a lot of people, particularly the Republicans. Uh, You know, he had a he had a huge amount of support. He was considered to be a war hero, and as I said earlier, a lot of people agree with him. Yeah, just drop nuclear bombs. That's what they're there for. Why is Truman getting in the way? Truman very very unpopular uh, uh, as a result of this decision in the short term. Um, but even though he got ticker tape parades, he flew back to the US on the 16th of April. He got the ticker tape parades and an address to Congress. There were Senate hearings about his sacking and, you know, he tried to justify the things that he had done. Mm -hmm. But the major media, Washington Post, New York Times, Herald Tribune, etc., at the time seemed to be on the side of Truman. Right. They seem to agree that, well, this guy's got to take the president's orders and, you know, know, the military needs to obey the civilian administration, as you said, even though many Americans seem to be against the decision. But that said, it seems that a lot of Americans didn't really want to get involved in another huge war either. Absolutely. They didn't, they didn't think MacArthur should be sacked. They did like nuclear bombs, but they didn't want to launch a war against China. Right. How they thought launching nuclear bombs would avoid getting into a war with China. Maybe it would scare them right. off because the, the nukes would scare them. I don't know. But, yeah. well, you know, yeah. as time went on, I think uh, Americans generally, as particularly when, you know, Ridgeway did a good job. Mm. I think uh, Americans gra- gradually came to the view that it was the right decision in the first place. That Ridgeway did a better job than MacArthur would have done. Right, and there's because there's a a difference between uh, the Americans, the average American, going, you know what? It's really shitty the way what they did to to MacArthur. He was an American hero. You know, Philippines, all that good stuff. I, sh- I shall return. Yes, they were mad. They were upset. They weren't that mad. 
there's a difference. Yes, I'm upset. It's tacky what they did, but I'm not willing to go in the streets and, and start protesting or smash windows. There's a difference. And so um, MacArthur is actually going to fade from history pretty damn quick because one, the war is still going on. Two, as you said earlier, there's a presidential election coming up. Three people are still living their day-to-day lives, trying to put food on the table, take care of their families, have a beer, and have fun on the weekends and watch some football. It doesn't take over their lives, but they're like, yeah, that was shitty, but on with my life. MacArthur was hoping everybody would just stop everything and protest Mm. until he got what he wanted. So, lesson Mm. learned. Mm. And despite the fact that a lot of American troops uh, in Korea at the time seemed to be in favor of dropping the bomb, uh, they also seem to have been pretty happy once MacArthur's (laughs) gone. Too, yes. uh, and Ridgeway's running things. Right. Yeah, you know, it seems they still hadn't forgiven MacArthur for telling them they would be home by Christmas yeah, uh, and the whole disaster of the sort of winter uh, of 1950. Yeah. And they'd seen how things had improved after Ridgeway had taken demand. You know, they got, as we mentioned a couple of episodes ago, better supplies, better clothing, more food, food. uh, more weapons, better weapons, all that kind of stuff starts flowing in, and they start winning. Right. That's always nice. And so strategically, it's better too. Are you going to mention the the UN officer? Because I love that because it ties in the Caesar series. But, But at the end of the day, the troops are like, yeah, yeah, I love the old guy. I hate the old guy. But you're right. If I'm being treated better, there's a good chance I don't have to invade China. Who in the? fuck wants to invade China and and we're doing a better job when we're winning. So Ridgeway is okay in my book. And that helps people rather, or it helps soldiers rather quickly forget MacArthur or forget their anger at the way MacArthur was treated because it's, everybody focuses Nancy, on themselves. Nancy Pelosi wants to invade China. I think she wants to, that's why she went to Taiwan. Yes, she was the, the first one in. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's the UN, uh, Guy quote? I don't have that. uh, He says that the UN officer says MacArthur's departure made as much impact on the soldiery as we as would have, say, the replacement of Scipio Africanus on a Roman outpost in the wilds of Mauritania in North Africa. So it's like, oh, what that guy over there who's in Japan living like a king? There's a new leader now. Yeah, okay, whatever. I'm, I'm going back to my foxhole. It really doesn't matter. And like you've said this a billion times. When the American people get a new leader or there's a new leader, who in the fuck cares? Their lives pretty much aren't going to change. They're just hoping it gets better day by day. So whoever's making, who's ever getting all the glory and the money at the top, people really don't care all that much. Mm. So Lieutenant General Matthew Ridgway becomes Supreme Commander, Allied Powers in the Pacific, Mm -hmm. Commander-in-Chief, UN Command, U.S. Commander-in-Chief, Far East, and Commanding General, U.S. Army, Far East. And he is replaced as Commander-in-Chief of the UN Forces in Korea with Lieutenant General James Van Fleet. Nice. He's now in charge of the 8th Army, and he better keep going what Ridgway had started because Ridgway, you know, is going to be keeping an eye out. This is my baby. I turn this thing around. Don't screw this up. Hastings um, has some other good quotes from some of the American troops there at the time. Colonel Paul Freeman again. Mm He said that uh, he, like the senior officers, couldn't forget MacArthur's past great deeds. I thought his sacking was disgraceful. Sure, he had it coming. 
He should have been relieved, but it should have been done in a dignified way. He was an actor and an egoist, but he had been a very great man. I'm sorry, Janet Jackson comes to mind. What have you done for me lately? Thank you for World War II, but now you want to start a nuclear war with China. That was then, this is now. Colonel Ellis Williamson said he thought MacArthur's removal was absolutely necessary. I think the world learned a lesson. When you leave a man in a position of authority too long, he stops looking for ideas different from his first thoughts. I love that. He was a... Sorry, go ahead. He was a pompous old bastard, but a great soldier. <laughs> it's not wrong. Yeah, you, like we have senators in this country who have been in position, their position for 10, 20, 30 years. They're now multimillionaires. They now have power bases that can't be touched except by anybody but voters. I mean, yeah, you can't leave humans in a position of power for too long. It, it has a bad track record. Yeah. Um, Captain Fred Ladd, who was one of Armand's aides, said, I think he went out like he would like to have gone. How would it have been if he'd stayed and eventually gone like Admiral Rickover, just told to retire because he was too oh. old? Not to mention Admiral Rickroll over, uh, <laughs> where, you know, you just keep getting never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. You have to listen to that for the yeah. rest of your life. That's the worst form of yeah. retirement. This yes. way, he went out in a blaze of glory, yes. he says, yes. of uh, MacArthur. Yeah, there was controversy. He got to ticket tape parades. He got to talk to Congress. So not, not bad. Could have been worse. Outside of the U.S., though, pretty much everyone seemed to be pretty happy that he was yeah. gone. Um, most of the international media, <clears throat> particularly in Europe, was celebrating the fact that he was gone. Yeah. Thank God, because they were all generally worried that he was going to start World War right. III and that it was going to happen in Europe and it was all going to be MacArthur's fault. So the fact that he was gone brought a sigh of relief to the people in Europe. In Australia, not so much. I looked really? up the uh, 12th of April 1951 edition of the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, they were uh, quoting our Prime Minister at the mm -hmm. time, Bob Menzies, Robert Menzies, who was Prime Minister, I think, for like 27 yes. years. Yeah. Uh, Menzies is very conservative. Menzies' question on President Truman's dismissal of General MacArthur admitted that the news came as a shock mm -hmm. to him. Right. He refused to comment on the fact that Mr. Truman had dismissed General MacArthur, not only as United States Far East Commander, but as Supreme Commander of the Allied Powers and Commander-in-Chief of the United Nations Command. During his speech in Hobart later, Mr. Menzies said... I reserve a very special slab of contempt for people who, when circumstances change and a man falls from his office, forget that there was a day when everybody in Australia said, thank God for MacArthur. Yes. The remark produced loud and prolonged applause. And that's... Obviously, right. the view in Australia was MacArthur saved us from Japanese yes. invasion in World War II. He was uh, very well respected. We still have a museum to MacArthur yeah. here in downtown Brisbane. You know? Yeah, I tried to go that one time and ran out of time. Um, the truth is he didn't, the Navy did, but we don't have to go into that. Contrast Australia's views with many Asians. Uh, they were quite happy. They, uh, one newspaper said, uh, Truman has earned the gratitude of all peace-loving peoples everywhere by eliminating the, the greatest single opposition to peaceful efforts and policies in the Far East. That was from a newspaper in Pakistan. And when they say removed you know, the greatest single opposition to peace, 
it was MacArthur because he did want war. The British knew it, even though the British didn't really push the Americans on it as hard as they could have. They saw that MacArthur wanted to go out in a blaze of, of glory and he wanted all out war with China. So the Asians are quite happy that 26 nuclear bombs were not dropped on their front doorstep. Hmm. And also share markets in the US and around the world went up as a response to the news. So they there obviously thought it That's was the tell. Good, That's the tell. good for business exactly. <laughs> to get rid of exactly. MacArthur, yeah. So even the Republicans, I mean, I'm sure a lot of Republicans, whilst publicly <laughs> they might have right. been criticising uh, the sacking of MacArthur, yeah. if their business interests and their clients uh, in their districts right. are happy about it, then they're probably you know quietly happy yeah. about it. Publicly yes. critical. This is of horrible. It, playing both I'm sides. I'm going to go buy another yacht. Mm. This is disgusting. Yeah. So fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Hastings. Uh, just to wrap up this episode, um, Hastings has a good summary on this. Truman's greatest difficulty was that his own political authority was too weak to explain to his own people the realities of the new world in which they lived. Yeah where immense military power could not always be translated into effective foreign influence. Mm -hmm. Perhaps more than any other conflict in history, the outcome of World War II could be claimed as a simple triumph of good over evil. Yet in 1951, only six years later, such clear-cut decisions already seemed obsolete. Americans were learning to come to terms with a world of constant crises, of problems chronically resistant to solutions. The finest minds in the administration understood all of this, but it was a wholly unwelcome message to convey to middle America or to such a man as Douglas MacArthur. It was Truman's misfortune that MacArthur chanced to be commanding in Tokyo when the Korean conflict began. The accident was compounded by the hesitation and weakness with which Washington handled this Olympian figure through the months that followed. Inchon was indeed a masterstroke, but it was a perverse tragedy for MacArthur and those around him because its success prevented them from confronting the fact that his judgment was gone. He was too remote, too old, too inflexible, too deeply imprisoned by a world vision that was obsolete to be a fit commander in such a war as Korea. It was fortunate that his removal was achieved before he could inflict a historic military, moral, or political disaster upon the West's cause in Asia. Just finishing with uh, another bit from Hastings. Atchison and Truman endured phlegmatically the emotional scenes that followed MacArthur's recall. The Secretary Secretary of State told a story of a family with a beautiful daughter living just outside an army camp. Her mother worried constantly about her daughter's virtue and nagged her husband incessantly about the perils to which she was exposed. One day, the daughter came home in tears and confessed that she was pregnant. The father mopped his brow and said, thank God that's over. (laughs) No more worrying. I'd rather deal with the problem than the stress of a potential maybe problem. Yeah, yeah. Now... Well, we pulled the Band-Aid right <laughs> off now, you know. Now, that should, that, uh, that's really a, a, the way to end this uh, episode. But there was two points I wanted to make. One, the Americans and, uh, well, I guess the Americans more than anybody else, no one's actually sitting around thinking, you know what? Now that World War II is over with and, yeah, this is going on, between the British Empire, the French Empire, and whatever Western powers had territories, a lot of these people 
in these locations are going to want to be free and they're going to be willing to fight for it. So this is this is not over by any means. And so, yeah, so the Americans are unprepared. They, they think they can just think something or will it and the rest of the world will, will get into line as, as they're going to find out. And as we know, that's not the way it goes. I wanted to ask if you knew. So MacArthur, massive ego, head to head with Truman. Did you know about MacArthur's head to head fight with FDR? I don't know if you had heard that story. I don't so, think so. Tell me. When MacArthur was uh, Secretary of War and FDR was, you know, just in office not too long, they're they're having an argument. They're having this very just nasty argument, yelling at each other. And FDR is asking, uh, MacArthur is asking for more money from um, from the president for for the military. Of course, that's his job, right? So he's so they're going back and forth. And FDR is like, I'm in the middle of the Great Depression. I got time for your fucking shit, whatever. Um, so they're going in. So FDR is yelling at him. MacArthur cuts him off, and he says. When we lose the next war and an American boy lying in the mud with an enemy bayonet through his belly and an enemy foot on his dying throat spits out his last curse, I want the name to be Roosevelt, not MacArthur. So MacArthur has no problem getting in anybody. Well, for, for FDR, he had to get you know a little lower because he's in a wheelchair, but he is not hesitant to get in anybody's face, damn their position, and yell at them for what he wants. Is that admirable? I have, you know, it depends on the situation, but this has been MacArthur ever since he became an adult. And now he ends this mm. way, and it ends his career. Well, there you go. That is the end of Douglas MacArthur for all intents and purposes. And we'll be back next time, I guess, with what happens next. Someone email us and tell us what we're doing next, please. Thank you. Yeah. Should we take a break from the Korean War for a while or should we finish it and then move on to other things? Let us know. If, If you think we should keep going, write yes on a $20 bill and send it to us. If it's no, Hmm. just make it another $20. It doesn't really matter. And Hmm. And mail it to us. And uh, you enjoy your vacation in San Diego next week, right? I'm looking forward to Switch TwitchCon. I don't know what I'm doing. TwatCon. <laughs> oh, I thought it was. That's a different conference. I'll meet you there. And MidgetCon, <laughs> I think, is going on at the same time, so you can hit well, all. You three. can fit all of them in the same room because it's half the size. Anyway, I'll send you pictures. <laughs> Should be you and Danny DeVito. <laughs> Uh, Papa, can you hear keynote me? Keynote speakers. Yes. <laughs> the Oompa Loompas. See <laughs> 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 so, ya. Yeah. An iron curtain has descended across the continent. military buildup on the island of Cuba. The purpose of these bases can be none other than to provide a nuclear strike capability against the Western Hemisphere.